This podcast tells the stories behind the craft breweries across the country. I'm Erica. Matt. And sound guy Ryan. And you're listening to an episode of Brewers. What's up, everybody? You guys are listening to another episode of Brewers. As you can hear, we are still locked up, aren't we? Um, and if you're listening in the future, you can look back on this time and go, wow. I survived that. That really sucked, but I survived <laughs> it. Um, but anyone that listened to our episode last week with uh, Shoveltown, um, that was awesome. I really appreciate everyone that listened. And uh, if you shared it or if you told another person, that's awesome. We got a ton of listens. And uh, we've been consistently charting in the foods chart on Apple Podcasts. So... Hell yeah. We, we hit 93 last week, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Not as good as number 11 in Nicaragua, which was unbelievable. I know. That's all right. But <laughs> but this week, I have a feeling will get us to number one in Nicaragua. It's coming. It's coming. Um, yeah. We have Shane from, and I say modern drought a hundred times in this episode because I'm an idiot, but it's modern draft. <laughs> But it's spelled like drought. Yeah. So like it's draft spelt the pretentious way as Shane that's, says. Shane. That's what he says. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And I'm actually very excited for this episode because um modern uh, modern draft modern drought modern draft <laughs> <laughs> um has their hands on like a lot of um our favorite breweries and helping them maintain, you know, awesome tasting beer after it's hit the tap line. So that's really really cool and yeah and install and installing uh new tap rooms too yep and uh it gets a little nerdy and it gets a little weird and i like that about our episodes sometimes Mm -hmm. sometimes i wish they were a little bit more nerdy you know like those little two minutes right there ah nerd great love nerd sections yeah um what have you guys been drinking this week Oh, hitting lamplighter hard. So still, their, yeah. yeah, still. I've been going through the beers I bought. Um, their Mexican lager is amazing. Highly recommend. And their cuppa is so good. Ooh. It's um, it's a. I think it's an English ale brewed with a coffee. Cold brew coffee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's so amazing. Um, it's like a great kind of dessert beer. Honestly, like if you have that with cake. Like a lot of people have like coffee with cake or whatever, and if you have that in cake instead, it's really good. That's awesome. Fun fact. What about you, Matt? Oh, what about me? Uh, so I've been drinking. If you follow my personal page, which none of you guys do, Meh. um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, um, I've been drinking. <laughs> I've been drinking a lot of shilling. I've been. Uh, I had that sh- uh, San Genito, uh Mexican style Vienna Lager, which Ryan is applauding. Um. Yeah, I had I had a lot of shilling and I had a lot of Springdale left over, so I drank Springdale and shilling. Um, and I, I still had some notch left over from last week. Sweet. Cool, yeah. Yep. How and are I, you, Ryan? Uh, I just picked up the new uh, Hazy Boom Sauce from Lord Hobo, uh, as well as the Voss Boss as well. Is that the Lord new Hobo. new can art yet, or is it? Uh, I believe it's yeah. I believe it's the new stuff. Um, it looks a little cooler. Yeah. <laughs> um, a little bit more 3D, I guess. Ooh, 3D. I don't know. No, it, it, it tastes really good. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for both of them. I think the Voss was using like a different yeast. 
cool. um, than they no, nah, bleh, than they normally do. So nice. yeah, I'm hopefully making my way out to Redemption Rock this week. Oh, sweet! Nice. They just um, celebrated their second anniversary. Yeah, happy second anniversary. Happy to second them. anniversary in quarantine. Um, what I'm looking to get from them is they're overqualified. Um, that's their pink boot one, and that's their hoppy pale ale. Um, which I'm really, really excited for because they canned this one. So I'll be able to take home some Redemption Rock cans. And, That'd uh, be cool. Yeah, and the art's just really cool. And it goes to Pink Boots. So do, do, do. there's really no wrong reason. And obviously, I think when I'm down there, I'm going to try to stop at Wormtown. You'd be silly not to. Yeah, I would it's be. right there. <laughs> yeah, I would be silly not to. And then um, who knows? I might, uh, I might just make the pilgrimage to treehouse whoa whoa (laughs) crazy talk it's been a while um and they really do have a pretty good system for social distancing at their place right now i've heard um so all three of those i feel really comfortable going to because i know that all of them have awesome systems put into place to keep not only them safe but myself safe um which is important during this time uh, and yeah. I think any, I think any brewery we've gone to has had the same. There's not been one that I've been like, oh, I feel unsafe. But um, yeah, just making that. I mean, if I'm already going to Worcester, just making that extra hop, skip, and a jump towards Treehouse. Yeah, mine as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What about you guys? You guys going to be trying to stop at any breweries this week? Good question. I don't know. I might head down to Brado at some point. They have a new beer out. Um, overdue haircut. It's their recent IPA. Great name. Great name. Um, yep. <laughs> and uh, otherwise, I don't know. You know, we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm going to have a crazy busy weekend. Um, Beer Wine Hobby is moving to Danvers. Dun, yes. dun, dun, dun. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, That's right all... across the street from you, Ryan. Yeah, yeah pretty right? much. We're all really excited for the move. It's going to be an amazing new location. A lot easier to get to. You won't get nearly as lost as you do now. Um, and the store itself is just going to be so much nicer. So we're all really excited about that. But I will be moving a store for the weekend. So I don't know if I'm going to get out to go get beer. Maybe I'll get some beer like in Peabody, Beverly area. Maybe I'll just take a quick break and do that. That's exciting. That sounds yeah. like a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. That's going to be my weekend. It's going to be fan freaking test. Yeah. I was supposed to try to get out to Gentilly or Channel Marker, and I didn't. So maybe I'll try to get out to them on Saturday or Sunday if I can. Good plan. Yeah. Ryan, what about you? Um, I'm thinking of maybe doing like a northern New Hampshire trip or something or a main trip. Um, I keep seeing uh, Schilling posting a whole bunch of really good beers that I want. The Uh, one you gave me the other day was amazing. Isn't it? Drost? Is that what it was? Yeah, drove. yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah, I right? had that too. So that was unreal. Yeah, yeah, it slapped. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, they have slapped, as the kids say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they have a Munich style Hellies um, oh coming out in in a can. Um, Hot damn. Yeah. So I'm pretty pumped about that. That's what really kind of got me being like, mm, I have to go a shilling and get this beer i don't care if it takes me two hours i mean so, like, i guess what else are you gonna do right just sit at home so yeah. ryan if you do go please let me know because they have the peach brandy barrel aged um oh my god aged. yeah yes. that, that barrel aged abbey style triple is is out get right a four now pack. 
share it with us that's definitely going to be bottled (laughs) and it's not recommended for aging so ryan get that and then be my beer fairy and i'll anything i get a treehouse i'll I'll treat (laughs) yes sir yeah you know i've been wanting to do a couple new hampshire trips as well i've wanted to go but it's just right now it's not like I just don't like to travel too far. I go back and forth to work. And yeah, I, just, I mean, I you're don't... not really supposed to be traveling up there anyways, unless you're quarantining for like 14 days after. Only if you're um... staying. Oh. Only yeah. if you're staying. If you're staying in New Hampshire, you have to quarantine yourself. Still, if you're not, you don't have to. Probably have to just not. Just yeah. like stay home. Cool. Yeah. Well, Ryan, just be careful. Exactly. Uh, I'll be super careful. Wash yeah. your hands. Cover your face. Yeah, just be conscious of other people and yourself. All right, so we got a great episode ready for you. A couple things we wanted to talk about. Pink Boots, they just made like a ton of money off the sale of their hop blend. Yeah, no, they got like $118,000, something crazy. So definitely thank you to all the brewers and the home brewers who were able to buy this year as well for helping and participating in that. That is super awesome yeah congratulations that is such a milestone and i'm hoping that we see similar numbers with beer sales because that would be like so get unreal. out there and buy that pink boots beer <laughs> yes yes please well people yeah. must be buying it because i have i'm having a hard time finding it yeah all right so let's get to the episode because we have a good one this week with shane oh, yeah from modern draft Good job. Yay. (laughs) And here's a quick word from our sponsors. Word. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. This week's episode would not be possible without our amazing sponsor, Shirts on Tap. Each month, they team up with breweries from across the country and create a custom shirt and deliver it to your doorstep, along with stickers and coupons. Sign up today using the promo code BREWROOTS for $5 off your first box. Head on over to ShirtsOnTap.com today. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. You looking to get into a new hobby? Oh, yeah. Sure thing. Well, Erica, where can we do that? Go down to Beer and Wine Hobby. Ooh. And what can we get there? Everything you need to start your homebrew journey. And we'll help you along that journey by using our promo code BREWROOTS to get 10% off your next order. Visit beer-wine.com to start your homebrew journey today. All right, everyone. Uh, We are here once again. Uh, We are not on site in an interview, but you can't be on site for this interview because of Corona. So we're here <laughs> virtually thanks to Squadcast. Um, and I see a lot of tools behind our guests today, um, which sometimes is indicative of a brewery. Um, if they're really like DIY and putting things together on a shoestring, which is totally cool as well. But uh, this episode's a little bit more different. 
um, because I think a lot of the breweries that we feature on our podcast actually use uh, Modern Dreads services. Um, and that's why not only the liquid that you're drinking tastes good, but after a period of time continues to taste good. So uh, we're here with Shane. How are you today? Doing good. Yeah, today's uh, very nice out. So that's always a nice pleasant <laughs> difference but. for sure yeah um we start every podcast just by asking uh what's your role at uh modern drought and what's your first memory of beer um my role in the company is i am uh, the on-site project manager for insults and then uh the first memory of beer would probably be uh I think it was like five or six or something like that. And uh, I had a sip of my dad's MGD. And uh, yeah, it was god awful. Nice. Typical story. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, how long has Modern Dropia been around for? Uh, so we just turned four years old in uh, March. Yeah. yeah. And so I was actually the first employee. So I, I got hired uh, in the beginning of May of the year they opened. Cool. How much of the backstory do you know of Mondred? I know a little bit with like Row 34 and for our listeners who don't know what Row 34 is, a seafood restaurant, uh, they specialize in oysters, not trying to give them too much of a plug. I do enjoy their stuff, but how much of the background do you know of them? Uh, I actually know all of it. <laughs> so yeah, no, uh, Chris Kroll, who's one of the founders and owners, uh, he was a sole proprietor before Modern Draft was a company. And uh, that was Boston Pro Draft. And it was just him kind of, you know, on his off time, he would go around cleaning lines when he could, doing like small repairs and stuff like that. And uh, Maddie Bailey, he's one of the other uh, owners and founders. Um, at the time, he was working at Row 34 as a bartender. And uh, it was a Friday night and their uh, draft system went down. So they called up their service provider. And they told them, yeah, we'll be there on uh, Monday, you know, Monday morning. It's just like, I don't think you understand how much beer we sell Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday night. Uh, it's not really an option for us to wait till Monday. Uh, and so they kind of looking through the internet, trying to find uh, someone just to come out to kind of get their system back up and running. And uh, they found Chris and, uh, they were actually pretty lucky because he was uh, in the seaport. Uh, so he was there within like five, 10 minutes or so. Uh, they were having problems with their glycol unit. He got it up and running, saved their weekend. Uh, and eventually uh, Chris had some stuff going on in his personal life. He was going to move back to Texas. Um, so Maddie wanted to learn how to clean the draft system and maintain the draft system at row 34. So Chris kind of gave him the basic knowledge so that he could do this stuff. Um, and actually he started cleaning, uh, the entire restaurant group, if I'm not mistaken, uh, just kind of as part of like general maintenance for the whole entire restaurant group, uh, the Eastern standard group that is, um, after a while, Maddie was just like, you know, why isn't there anyone doing this, doing this right? uh in boston you know beer is pretty pretty big out here we have a, a lot of really well-known breweries 
uh, why is it that draft systems are being neglected? Um, Chris was still in Texas and he was just like, Hey, come out. Uh, you can, you know, crash on my place. Just help me get the company off the ground. Uh, he only was saying that to get Chris to come out. Uh, what he was actually doing was getting Chris to come out to give him uh, half of the company. Uh, oh, wow. And actually start modern draft because he knew once he got him out, he would get into it again. And uh, so it kind of like hooked him in that way. And uh, yeah, started off as the two of them, you know, for about a month or so, they were working nonstop, just the two of them. Uh, I met up with them at Brewers Fork on their first day off. And, uh, you know, we had a couple beers together, chatted, and then it kind of started off only as cleans and maintenance and stuff like that. And then uh, with Notch's tap room, that was our first install. Um, and after that, installs kind of just took off and cleaning's taken off. And yeah, it's just been pretty wild to see like where we were when it was just the three of us versus now we have 13 full-time employees. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That's, uh, what did you do, Shane, before uh, Modern Draft? Uh, I ran the, the tap room at Mystic for a little bit. Um, for like Rest in peace. Six. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's crazy that that is uh, no longer a staple in the city of Boston. Um, but yes, yeah, so I was at Mystic for a while. Um, I was at Ball Square Fine Wines at the same time. Um, and then the first job I got, uh, when I moved out here was at Alden Harlow, just, uh, working behind the bar. So always kind of in the industry. Yeah. And before I moved, cool. moved in Boston, I, uh, like was a purchaser for a beer bar in California and maintained the draft system there as well. And I did that for three years. Uh, what type of education do you need to kind of get into something like this? Was this all tribal knowledge that was shared to you by you know two gentlemen or was it something that you kind of learned the craft went to school for or obviously they don't have you know <laughs> trout yeah, yeah, school. They, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they don't they don't really have like a full-on like school for this stuff um you can take like two three-day courses um but they're typically only put on by suppliers so it's kind of more of a sales pitch than mm -hmm. an actual class um but yeah, it's all kind of just like trial and error, willing to learn, you know, uh, a lot of reading, uh, a lot of figuring stuff out. And also like we as a company, we don't necessarily just stop at the book. Like we read it, we digest it, but then we actually pull from outside. So um, we work with a company called Alpha Chemical. Uh, and we met them at Bone Up one day because they sell chemical to Bone Up. And uh, we were there for a clean. And the guy was like, oh, you guys clean draft systems. Like, let me sell you chemical. And we're like, actually, how about let's make a better chemical? Mm. Um, so we actually worked with them to make uh, their veracity line. So it's a caustic and acid cleaner that they now sell like crazy. And we were the the source that kind of pushed that forward. Yeah, or like talking to manufacturers, like not the seller, but we find out who they buy it from. And then we talk to them about limitations and how we can improve stuff and how we can expand on stuff. So for us, it's not just like, hey, here's the book, read the book, cool, 
go do what the book says. It's like, sometimes the book doesn't make sense and you know, it can always be improved upon. There's not like a, yeah, there's not too much hard knowledge on this kind of stuff. It's, you know, there's simple math and physics that you have to, you know, abide by. But then outside of that, it's kind of a free for all. Yeah. So talking about that chemical, what were you guys using before and why is it the one they're using now like so much better? Um, so the chemical that we use now it works a lot better at lower dosages. Um, so the efficiencies of it are uh, a lot nicer. Um, yeah. Also, we our chemical has a dye in it. And basically what it does is it can actually tell you the soils uh, based off of the color that changes. So it starts off like blue and then it goes like green, yellow, brown, black. And like, depending on how far it goes, uh, kind of tells you how dirty the system is. So on our regular maintenance counts, you know, it should never not be blue when we run the chemical through because we're maintaining it. We're not cleaning it. We're maintaining it. It never got dirty in the first place. Yeah. That's the idea. So, you know, we can see that, you know, if it slightly changes to a little bit of yellow, a little bit of green, that's okay. You know, as long as it's not getting into like the really nasty yellow or brown or black, yeah. those are, you know, typically first cleans and stuff like that. Um, Do you get a lot of first cleans that are really bad? <laughs> Uh, yeah, most of our first cleans are really yeah. bad because uh, uh, it's funny, you kind of with uh, like practices that like other people do, um, we're one of the few uh, line cleaning companies that actually turns off a glycol unit to the draft system as we clean or actually before we clean, we turn it off Yeah, um, because we we do a static clean. So there's research versus static. There's the two different uh, styles of cleaning. So we do a static clean uh, just because we have a lot of like high volume uh, systems. So static cleans make more sense for us. Um, and so with that, uh, you know, we turn the glycol unit off. We run 100 degree hot water through the system, kind of raise the temperature of the entire system. And then we run our 100 degree caustic through. Uh, because the caustic efficiencies at 100 degrees versus 40 degrees are way different, like night and day. You're basically not cleaning the draft system if you're running the uh, the glycol unit while you do your clean. Because it's the whole idea of the glycol unit is to keep things cold. So, uh, yeah, whenever you leave that thing on and you do a set clean, it's basically doing nothing. And, uh, yeah, so a lot of people don't turn that unit off because uh, they yeah. don't like maintenancing it. They don't like <laughs> nothing with it. They just leave it in the corner and yeah. hope it doesn't break. Uh, whereas <laughs> we're in there, we clean out the fins. We make sure that it's not, you know, catching a bunch of grease from the kitchen or something like that. Or, you know, checking the dilution of the glycol, making sure that the bath doesn't ice up. Um, so we actually, part of our maintenance is looking at the glycol unit. And that's every time. That's not just like a once a year situation. So you're more than just a, a line cleaner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We yeah. we do full system maintenance. That's, yeah, that's how awesome. We, yeah, we, that's how we sell it. For people out there in podcast land that might not know, why is it important to clean lines? Can you just, does it really make that much of a difference or is it, I, I, I know the answer, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, so from the customer's perspective, it's 
incredibly important for a restaurant or a bar to clean their wines, uh, especially nowadays, paying like 10 bucks for a 12 ounce pour. Uh, that better tastes exactly how the brewery intended it tasting. Uh, so if you don't clean the draft system, uh, you can get a lot of off flavors uh, from bacteria growing up inside of it and a lot of yeast that grows inside. And the best part about beer is that it's fermented. The worst part about beer is that it's fermented <laughs> and, you know, it's alive. And so yeah. that actually builds up in the lines. Um, and so that's going to cause, you know, off flavors. It also can cause really bad hangovers. Um, the problem is, is that it doesn't actually get you sick. That's why it's not really like relegated by like the food and safety Interesting. stuff. Like, yeah. because no one's going to die from drinking beer off of a dirty line. So it's kind of just like, yeah, you, do you get it clean? Do you have your log? People don't even fill out the logs. People don't even look at the logs, but it's like, that's, it's kind of like a, the you know the middle child of the <laughs> food and safety uh stuff but uh from a restaurant's perspective reasons why you want to clean your lines so obviously if someone gets beer that t- they everyone knows what you know sierra nevada pale ale tastes like they go to your bar they get it they drink it it's very easy for them to be like yo this isn't correct i'm giving this back to you and also i'm not staying because you know the beer tastes like cabbage or you know Yum. or or butter or something yeah. else you know it's, it's just like diastolus yeah. yeah and so you know there's that part of it but also uh when stuff starts to build up it can actually cause foaming so that's another reason why restaurants should be keen on keeping their maintenance you know up to snuff because uh as the stuff grows on the inside it gives points of nucleation so you know when you pour a beer into a dirty glass and you see all those bubbles on the sides well see that could happen inside the tubing inside your draft system where every time the beer passes through that you know piece of buildup uh it can knock the co2 out of solution and Hmm. now you have foamy beer Fascinating. Yeah, I did not know that at all. Actually, yeah, that's like more restaurant side. Because, <laughs> like, as customers, you don't really need to know if yeah. the beer is making profits or not. You know. Tell me about the um the bad hangover part of that. Where does that come from? Uh, that's all the microbes. Like, think about if okay. you took a shot of yeast. Like, <laughs> what that would do Good to your points. body. <laughs> <laughs> points taken. Yeah. <laughs> No, it would be really good for you, right? I was gonna... Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we're talking about, you know, cleaning, you, you mentioned yeast, but do you run the risk of mold? And mold is something that can hurt somebody. I mean, mm-hmm. do lines get that bad that you see mold on the lines? Um, you wouldn't really see it inside the lines because uh, the system is leak tight or else you'd be spilling beer all over your cooler and stuff like that. So mold is typically like a surface. Uh, like outside surface issue, um, which is super gross. And the idea of it is really, really nasty. Uh, But uh, a lot of the tubing, more at least the more modern tubing, uh, is actually, uh, it doesn't transfer uh, flavors through the line where like older tubing can. Uh, Like we had a call where someone's like, my beer tastes like mold. 
Yeah. And uh, and it was because their draft system, the cooler side, was actually a wine cellar, which beautiful wine cellar full of all this amazing wine, but the tubing was so old uh, that the musty air actually permeated through Ooh. the tubing and actually like infected the beer. It doesn't create like a a sickness thing, but it does create like a weird off flavor. Yeah. Um, but as far as mold getting into the system, that would be pretty hard unless like someone had a keg that the keg well had like a blob of mold in it. And then someone tapped directly onto it, shooting the mold up into the system. But that seems highly (laughs) unlikely. And, but I mean, if it, if it did happen, I just, Oh, that it doesn't happen to me. I don't drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was told by somebody that brass is trash. Why? Why is that? Brass is trash. That's a that's our Wi-Fi password. Oh, <laughs> nice. There you go. Now you know, guys. <laughs> yeah, you guys can get free modern draft Wi-Fi. Oh yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so brass trash that's uh so brass was the uh, industry standard and still kind of is unfortunately for uh the metal that is used on a lot of draft equipment really um, yeah so how is that brass, still a thing uh because people love free stuff and if they don't <sighs> get free stuff they love cheap stuff yeah mm-hmm. that's a good point um so brass is at this point slightly cheaper than stainless steel um if you think about it in the long term it like is way cheaper to get stainless than it is to get brass but brass is a soft metal so it's very porous um so they they coat the brass in uh copper plate or copper uh a chrome plating so that kind of protects it from uh pitting and stuff like that but eventually that plating wears away and when it does the the brass is exposed um, and at that point, the acids inside the beer will actually corrode the metal. Uh, and that's when it becomes pitted. And those pits become places for stuff to grow. So even with, you know, at, if a brass faucet gets bad enough, even after you clean it, it's still not technically food safe. Um, so with the, the veracity testing that we did, we did a lot of swab tests. And uh, we have you know fortunately we have different kinds of accounts you know we have really nice modern places and then we also have some like really old spots that you know we always encourage upgrading you know components and stuff like that and this was part of that was like we'll clean your system and then we'll swab test it and we can actually show you the parts per billion of like what's in what's still here and uh yeah so uh with super pitted really old brass you know it doesn't matter how hard you hit it with chemical uh it still doesn't doesn't do anything so at that point you would need to replace the faucet most people don't (laughs) but in a perfect form they do um but then eventually they'll need to replace that faucet as well um so with stainless uh it always comes clean it's not a porous metal um so you know it's a lot more hygienic uh and it really in the like mid to long term game, stainless is cheaper than brass. It's quite literally just yeah. if you're talking about the first purchase only, brass is cheaper. Anything outside of that, stainless is way cheaper. So yeah. the upfront expense is more for stainless. Yeah. But overall. Yeah, exactly. 
Interesting. Without uh, naming names, you mentioned some horror stories. Uh, (laughs) Do you have any horror stories? Uh, Yeah. No, I mean, we we do a a thing on Instagram. We haven't done it in a little bit, but it's uh, Sunday Funk Day. Uh, It's kind of like our our go-to. So those are first queens. um, And no matter how hard people try to cry, uh, we never disclose where these uh, things come from. Yeah. We always just say, doesn't matter because it's not there anymore. <laughs> we take care of them. Um, the worst thing that we've ever probably have seen is actually in a cask engine. Uh, but just a lot of like pieces in there. Well, we so, yeah, so it, it actually cracked. Um, the pump cracked. And so uh, we took it apart to, you know, see exactly what broke and we were trying to fix it and stuff like that. And uh, it was to the point where we actually just removed the entire uh, hand pulled uh, completely just because uh, the inside of it, you know, it cracked. And so beer started leaking and uh, bugs love beer. And so there was actually a maggot like farm oh. inside of this cask engine gross yeah it was so we like <laughs> cracked it open and like you just see like the bugs going oh, everywhere God. and there's like the, the queen like huge one just like yeah it was one of the yeah it's definitely probably the disgustingest thing yeah. we've ever had to deal with um, yeah we just <laughs> so gross. threw all that stuff out we didn't even bother trying to clean it we no just threw it away replaced the entire engine yeah interesting <laughs> interesting that says i think it's cool i mean it's 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 cool that people are receptive and want to do that i think we don't see a lot of people wanting to change because it is a cost i'm sure to you know convert an old system over so yeah Dude. and sometimes it actually costs more to convert an old system than to buy a new system do you usually see people come to you when they have a problem or is it something that they're trying to prevent a future problem uh, it's usually when, when they have a problem, just because it is, it is costly. Like there is a, a price to everything and a lot of breweries and restaurants and stuff like that aren't really open to the idea of spending before something's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned Notch was kind of the first build out that was mm-hmm. got you guys kind of on the map. Um, obviously working with Chris and having like the German and, the and, um, you know, the Czech style, um, Pilsners and different types mm-hmm. of pours. Um, have you noticed that people want different type of pouring system or do you guys have like a, a standard pouring system that can be adapted to different types of pours, like a slow pour or fast pour? Um, yeah. So, um, so we can do anything as long as physics allows it. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, with Notch, they have the uh, the check tower, the Lucre taps, uh, like most people just know it as the side pole. Um, so it's funny because a lot of people uh, call those like a slow pour tap, um, but those faucets are quite literally designed to pour beer as fast as humanly possible. <laughs> Uh, and somehow a lot of breweries got that mixed up, uh, Hmm. with, uh, like slow pour. Um, yeah, I've kind of like 
pseudo wanted to do like the history on Slowpore because I don't yeah, really that's interesting. know where exactly like it came from because there's yeah. like a couple people who like try to claim it. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so like if if someone is looking for a specific thing, we always ask. We actually have a form now. Uh, whenever we have an install inquiry, we send them the form. Uh, we ask all the different kinds of questions. Uh, what types of products that you want. Um, a thing that we offer now is actually uh, different temperature uh, draft systems. Um, so like probably one of the craziest uh, systems that we've installed is Trillium Canton. Um, so that system can pour beer uh, anywhere from 38 degrees to 54 degrees. Oh, wow. Uh, and that's across the whole system. So uh, with that, and it's modular too. So they can go from one day, all 38 degrees, you know, IPA fest or whatever, make it all cold. You know, no one wants a warm IPA and then they can flip it around. And now they got stout fest and drop everything to 54 degrees and all their stouts are nice and nice and warm. So and cool. Do sour beers. They can get it somewhere in the middle, you know, so they can, that, temperatures modular um that is 100 something we cannot do after the fact uh, that so is that has a, to be you know you have yeah, to think about it that yeah. has to be uh kind of planned out beforehand so like with their system they have three separate coolers so they can change the cooler temperatures so because typically they run the system at three different temperatures wow. so the beer sitting in the keg has to be already at that temperature um, and then at that point, they have three different glycol units, one for each uh, temperature. And then they have three different gas blends uh, because depending on the temperatures, the gas needs to be at uh, a different ratio of nitrogen and CO2 uh, in order to maintain carbonation over an extended period of time. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of, a lot of math in there <laughs> that we, uh, yeah, we, we sat sat down and did a lot of math for a very long time uh before we plumbed the system as i can imagine now do breweries who sell higher volumes at their tap room have to clean their lines more often or because the lines are con continuously getting used um, they might not have to get cleaned as often uh that isn't really a factor okay. um, how yeah. often do you have to clean the lines um so this is uh this is where we as a company uh kind of have a i don't know how you would say an an oh an unpopular opinion um so the the brewers association uh their guidelines specify that it needs to happen every two weeks those standards were made when brass and vinyl were the standard materials in a draft system that was also with the chemicals be, that were provided, but those standards were written a, a long time ago. Um, so we do regular maintenance once a month. Um, and so, uh, like I said earlier, we've done extensive swab testing, uh, hand in hand with a chemical company that is responsible for producing chemicals for all kinds of chemicals for all kinds of different people. And if they say, Hey, this is up to snuff, you know, it's not, us being like yeah we do once a month and yeah we feel it's okay it's <laughs> like no we have the data that you know and the sign off from people that actually know what the hell they're talking about you know 
we use the wrenches, they are scientists, you know, and we, we leave that to them uh, to kind of decide that. So yeah, if you're at proper dilution, proper temperature and uh, proper soak times, uh, you know, once a month is plenty fine. Now on a really old draft system, once a month is not fine. That needs to be every other week. Because um, at older systems, those grow things exponentially faster than newer systems. What's the most important thing about cleaning a line? Chemical dilution, temperature, and and saturation time. Okay, so just those yeah. just those three things. There's not yeah. So there's no secret of you know if you sell out of beer quickly, it's cleaner line, or if you let it sit in the line. Yeah, it's no, it's uh, think of it like a, like a river. So a river can grow moss. So even though the, the stream is always flowing, it can still grow stuff. Um, so it doesn't matter if you sell a keg a day and you're just constantly flipping that line. Uh, it needs to be maintained just as frequently as a line that has a beer sit, you know, and, you know, the keg maybe sells once a month. Hmm. So I know on the homebrew side, we talk about, you know, whenever you change your beer, you should clean your lines. Is that a thing with like breweries and bars? Like, should they clean their lines when they put a new keg on or like a different style of beer? Um, it, once again, it kind of just depends on the, the age of the system. Um, yeah. Older systems can hold flavors, especially strong flavors, like yeah. a lot of the newer breweries are putting out. Uh, newer systems aren't really susceptible to that as much. Um, it is always nice. We encourage uh, actually uh, rinsing the line with water in between kegs, uh, okay. but going like full line clean isn't necessary. And also like for a restaurant, we also don't advocate that restaurants clean their own lines, not to keep us in business, but mostly to keep <laughs> their staff safe. Um, yeah. Caustic is sodium hydroxide and can literally kill you uh, if you do it wrong. Uh, so we kind of just like, Hey, if you want, here's, this is how you rinse the system. If you want to rinse it between, you know, cake changes, that's awesome. Totally, totally all for that. Um, especially with like the crazy beers that are being made now. Um, but actually line cleaning in between, you're not really getting much out of it because you're not going to turn the glycol unit off to clean one line. And right. if you leave the glycol unit off, your efficiencies of the caustic plummet. So you're really not doing much if, uh, if you're only cleaning the one line. Do you mostly service breweries or is it your business more bars or? Uh, if we're talking about just sheer like number of accounts, uh, we actually service offices the most. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. Ah. So, yeah. The, uh, the tech offices in Boston, um, that's by number of separate accounts those are our highest. Uh, but then it actually goes to restaurants. Um, we actually, we don't service breweries that often um, for regular maintenance. They typically take it on themselves because they're trained on how to use caustic cleaners, whereas restaurants aren't. So, uh, you know, and every brewery is going to have caustic already on hand. Uh, so it's not even like they need to bring in something special. They just, they already have these chemicals to clean the brewery. So it's just, you know, use it appropriately on the draft system. Um, some breweries 
either don't have the time to maintain their draft systems and then they hire us, uh, you know, some, you know, smaller breweries like bone up those people are running around, you know, like crazy because they have so much to do all on their own. So they hire us to do the maintenance for the draft. It's just one thing they don't have to worry about. Um, but breweries that either have like larger staff or stuff like that, they'll typically have a designated worker that, you know, and it's typically a brewery employee just because, like I said, they're already trained on how to use caustic and how to behave around caustic. Um, so it's with the breweries, we don't really do maintenance, but for installs, breweries are, you know, our typical installs are breweries. What's your um, radius? I mean, do you service all of New England, uh, just Massachusetts? Um, so for maintenance, like regular maintenance and stuff like that, we kind of will go out to Worcester for regular maintenance. Um, there's an awesome place called Ice House Pub. They uh, they have us come out to <laughs> – they're, they're kind of far out there. I think they're like an hour or two away. Yeah. Uh, and we, we service them on our, one of our Worcester days because it's like, we're already halfway there when we're in Worcester, mm. <laughs> um, right, right. but then we do the North shore and we do, uh, South shore too. Um, but we don't really kind of get outside of that area for regular maintenance. Um, for installs, we'll go anywhere that someone wants to pay us to go. So, yeah. you know, obviously the further away it is, the price goes up in travel and stuff like that. So. Um, but we've been super fortunate to think we, well, no, we definitely have one install in every state in New England. Uh, we just did an install in New York. We've done, uh, the veil in Virginia. Um, so for installs, we kind of go everywhere. Mm-hmm. I did notice you guys did Lawson's new tap yep. room, right? So, uh, yep. what does something like that tap room, how long does something like that take versus, you know, you know, your five line system um so that one i mean if we're talking about how much time just in planning that took you know the the amount of planning that went into that install specifically uh is actually a lot higher than most installs uh because sean lawson is a very particular person and he knows a shit ton so for him he was actually like pretty for how big of a uh, brewery they are, uh, he was actually kind of hands-on uh, quite a bit, uh, which was kind of cool. Um, but that install, I think we did it in two phases. Um, I think the first phase, we were there for like three days, three or four days. And then the second phase, I think we were there for two days. Um, but yeah, and that, that one was really cool because uh, – you know, they have that, that super awesome tap wall, but the keg raider that's in the center island is actually way cooler than the, the main draft system <laughs> uh, just because it pours uh, water, soda, wine, beer. You know, we made it so they that's can pour cool. any type of liquid out of it. So it's got CO2, it's got nitrogen, it's got mixed gas, it's got, you know, carbonated water, still water, you know, and, you know, it can that keg rater is super modular and we can actually change it how they want it to change. So if they wanted to start doing cocktails, you know, if that was a possibility, we could make it so they can do carbonated cocktails or still cocktails, wow. you know, carbonated wine, still wine, soda, water, soda, water, beer, 
you know, just whatever, whatever they want, we, we planned ahead where we can, you know, change that, that, uh, K grader out like crazy. It's super modular. Wow. Very cool. I'm certainly learning a lot, but I'm kind of curious more about you a little bit. I know that you also do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I do sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> Not currently. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I took a I took a Corona break. I started. Yeah, this year I was like, oh, you know what? This is the year where I'll finally do it. Uh, two years ago, I had a like a different podcast idea, um, but I just it just didn't work out. But uh, yeah, I'm doing uh, the Dregs uh, podcast. And what do you guys talk about on it? Kind of whatever happens. Um, cool. I actually cool. don't prep the interviews at all. <laughs> um, so it's kind of just, yeah, I mean, I, there's only five episodes, so it's all people <laughs> that I know really well. Um, yeah. so it's really easy to just have a conversation. Like, you know, the last one I did was, uh, with Maddie Bailey, one of the owners of Modern yeah. Draft. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> we had, it was, we did it on a whim uh, after work one day. Um, so I think we were like two or three beers in before the podcast. Perfect. And then during the recording, <laughs> I think we had another two or three beers. Right. And right. Uh, so, yeah, that one's mostly just talking about D&D and Star Wars and Taco <laughs> Bell orders and stuff That's like great. that. That's great. Nice. But it's, it's all just loosely beer, but it's more yeah. of just kind of conversations with industry people. Yeah. That's cool. It's a really great podcast. So make yeah, sure you go yeah. check it out. It's on iTunes, Spotify. So, um, what are you drinking to get through uh, the times right now? Anything special or? Um, so I was just uh, up at Shillings uh, today, and uh, nice. so I was like, "Oh, you know what? I'm gonna grab a four pack uh, for the podcast." And then I left it in the car, so it's all room temperature. Oh uh, no! <laughs> but it's, so I went down to the the corner shop and got a Corona. Uh, but it's nice. their uh, their Mexican Salvianna Lager. Uh, that was my Good. intended beer to drink. For yep. this. perfect for Cinco de Mayo today. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. right. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is this is perfect. But I guess I just didn't feel it like when I grabbed it out of the cooler. But it it must have not have been super cold like they must have just yeah. like freshly stocked it yeah. um but yeah i tried but yeah mostly <laughs> mostly lager i don't know i almost exclusively drink lager yeah yeah same um modern drafts is keeping pretty busy during this time right now i mean at the beginning of all of the covid stuff you guys were advertising you know make sure you shut down your lines correctly um obviously breweries still being open and doing some um pours themselves with uh, their systems and crawlers or or uh, growlers um and now with restaurants being able to do that um have you seen an uptick in business or um so we are actually so even though it feels super busy for us um this is a lot slower than we typically are mm-hmm. um we typically have 13 full-time employees uh now we're down to five um and so with that me and kind of like my apprentice, if we can even, I don't know. I'm not a master, so it's like, can I have an <laughs> apprentice? I don't know. Uh, but like we've been kind of just banging out the installs that we can still do because um, construction sites are all closed down. So 
we have tons of installs in the pipelines that we can't work on because they are construction sites, they're active construction sites. Yeah. So with Schilling, you know, we're able to work with them because it's not a construction site. It's an operating business that is getting maintenance done to their system, you know? So we can kind of work with that a little bit, you know, um, and whenever we are working, we're super precautious. We have the, the N95 masks. We have capabilities to rejuvenate those things and clean them. Um, so that we're not just wearing super dirty, you know, masks and stuff like that. And yeah. we, because we work so closely with a chemical provider, um, yeah, we have access to like a lot of really weird chemical stuff. Uh, like, uh, I think it's called chlorine dioxide, but basically we have these like little tablet things, uh, that release the chemical into the air and it actually will clean the air. Um, oh. so when we were working at Schilling, you know, obviously we don't want to be infected by them and we don't want to infect them. So we like kind of, <laughs> we're like shaking these pod things, uh, kind of like a sage in the, the building <laughs> and just kind of <laughs> trying to clean out the air. And we kept them, you know, in the spaces that we were working. And so, you know, we're being super safe, but, uh, yeah, with most restaurants not doing beer sales, uh, the maintenance side of the company is, it's down to two people, uh, you know, working some weeks is full-time, some weeks is part-time. Um, but yeah, we went from 400 accounts to like, you know, maybe we'll do like 10 to 20 cleans a week, you know? Yeah. So it's- And all those offices are closed too, right? So you're not doing Yeah, exactly. Them. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we, we thought the growler thing was going to be bigger than it is. Um, but, I mean, there's definitely people doing it. And you mean awesome. res- restaurants doing growlers, right? Yeah, yeah. restaurants yeah. doing growlers, yeah. We we definitely thought that was going to be, like, a huge thing. That's why we actually spent the time to make a video on how to do it properly because we wanted to make sure that, hey, if this is something that you guys are going to do, you know, we want to make sure that's done right. Uh, one, that way you don't waste a ton of beer. Uh, but also you don't give a product to a customer that a is possibly bad or will go bad quickly. Um, So we were kind of shifting and evolving as things are, you know, changing, you know, we kind of keep our, our finger on the pulse and we're actually, uh, we're working on creating a kit. uh, So restaurants can completely sanitize their entire restaurant uh, every day. Uh, That way, um, you know, as things start to relax or just staying safe now, I mean, you know, when people are doing to-go orders, a person walks into the restaurant for, you know, a minute to 10 minutes, you know, how many things did they touch? Did they touch yeah. the door? Did they touch the table? Did they touch the pen? Did they touch the receipt? Did they, like, what are they touching? You know, so it's, uh, we're, we're creating like a, a kit, um, that way, if restaurants are, you know, they want like a fully, uh, a fully developed kit by Alpha Chemical and us that, you know, is actually uh, rated to get rid of the COVID-19, uh, you know, virus, you know, we can provide that kit. You know, that's not something four years ago, we never thought we were going to be making, you know, antiviral, you know, restaurant 
safety kits, you know, <laughs> but we kind of are molding with whatever, you know, the market gives us. Just keeping that in mind, um, is that something that's coming down the pipeline soon or is that something you guys are still working? In? It's it's something that we're actively pursuing. Um, so it's definitely uh, something that we're the looking end of the into. month or something? Uh, definitely should be good by the end of the month. That's um, cool. I'm not... I'm not the one who's <laughs> no working promises, on it. No promises, right? <laughs> yeah, no promises, <laughs> but it should be tomorrow. No. Uh, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Cool, stay yeah. tuned. <laughs> uh, yeah, now Maddie's going to listen to this and be sweating. Uh, no, it's, uh, it, it should be soon, uh, but it, it honestly, it comes down to if this is something that people actively want. Uh, you know, as I feel like a lot of people kind of find out the hard way. We're like, oh, this is a really cool idea let me put this out. And if it's not immediately well received, the idea can die right then and there. Yeah. Um, you know, so we have to order all these chemicals. So the the company that we work with, they don't want to make the kit. They want, they, they sell pallets of chemicals. They don't want to make a box to sell to an individual restaurant. So that's where we come in, where we would buy pallets of all these chemicals, break it down into the individual kits and then get those kits out to the restaurant. So if we don't get pre-orders on it, then yeah. when you do want it, it's going to take a really long time to get it. Whereas if it's something that's super well received and then a lot of restaurants and stuff like that are like, yes, this is something that we're interested in, and we get a lot of actual uptakes up front, then we'll, you know, bulk buy and we can get it to you the same day that you order it, you know? So it kind of, it really depends on, how restaurants kind of receive it. Yeah. Because like with the growlers, we were going to bulk order, no rent sanitizer for the growlers. Yeah. Um, But no one was interested in it. So we didn't order, you know? Right. And then later on, we got one or two orders and we're like, cool, we can get it for you, but it's going to be a week. You know, it's like, if, if we don't get the pre-orders in the beginning, then it, it becomes really hard for us to, to kind of instantly satisfy someone's needs. If uh, someone is interested in using Modern Drought and listening to this podcast, where can they reach out to you guys, website? Um, so we have a website. Um, to be honest, if, uh, if you reach out via email, that's the best way. Um, there's kind of, the company almost runs like if there's two companies, so it's maintenance and installs. Uh, so, for maintenance, uh, it's info at Modern Draft. Uh, that would be the uh, the easiest way. And Draft is the pretentious way. It's D R A U G H T. Um, and then for installs, it's either uh, installs at Modern Draft, um, which no one uses that email. We have it. <laughs> There's only been like three emails ever sent to it. Uh, use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. You can use it, but honestly, it just gets forwarded to my email anyways. Uh, <laughs> but um, Or you can email uh, Chris at Modern Draft, and that's K-R-I-S. And Chris, he kind of does the off-premise project management for the installs. Um, so he'll kind of guide you through the beginning of, of the install. And once the project takes over, like physical install, that's when I kind of come in and and this is kind of obvious, but was it moderndraft.com or? Oh, yeah, moderndraft.com. Okay, yep. just want to make sure. Cool. Yeah. Cool. cool. Uh, 
Well, yeah. thanks, Shane, for doing this. I'm all out of questions. Erica, Ryan, you guys got anything? So if someone want to learn more about this, do you have any suggestions of where to go, who to reach out to? Um, I mean, it kind of just really depends on, like, what people are, like, looking to learn. Um, yeah. There's there's the Brewers Association uh, Quality Draft Guide. Uh, Micromatic has some uh, courses that people can take. Um, I know that Pink Boots actually did a scholarship for a Micromatic class. Um, I think now there's even a Siebel class, but it's, it's only like a week or two. Um, but I mean, it's a hell of a lot better than nothing. Right. Um, Right. We love giving people knowledge. Uh, you can always bug us, uh, hit (laughs) us up on Instagram. We answer so many questions. Instagram is actually like how most of our business is like produced. Uh, awesome. Definitely but, follow yeah. them on Instagram for their Sunday funk day, especially. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny because uh, we had like an uptick of uh, like new followers one one day because uh, like a brewery shared that they were working with us. <laughs> so a bunch of people followed us. And yeah. then like two days later was the Sunday funk day. Oh, and no. we lost like half of those new followers. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like we're gonna be who we are you know it's right like, it's yeah cool if you're here but like we're not missing you if you're gone yeah <laughs> it's like we're just we're gonna keep doing our thing yeah yeah that's great yeah definitely make sure to reach out to them if you're a brewery or a restaurant or just have any questions on maintaining lines because it's definitely important and obviously the upfront cost is going to be expensive but the long term is going to be way so worth it. way better yeah cool well, Shane, stay safe out there. I know you're going in and out of a lot of places, so wash your hands. <laughs> oh, we have we have a sweet connect on hand sanitizer, so nice, nice, yeah. <laughs> excellent. Well, uh, and if you guys haven't listened to Shane's podcast, make sure to go follow that. He'll be in the link below. Uh, give them a listen because when they come back from their Corona hiatus, it's going to be awesome. I'm very excited for some new episodes from you guys. So. Yeah, and I'll have to have you guys on too. Oh, you could. Right on. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, that one will be in person and we can drink some beers together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That'd be nice. It would be. Well, stay safe and thanks for doing this. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. All right. Thanks, Shane, for doing that with us. Make sure to check out his podcast, The Dregs. Um, because it's a good one. I know it's on a little bit of a hiatus right now, but it is going to be coming back hopefully pretty soon. Uh, but we have another awesome episode for you, and we've now done how many mead places? Uh, this Three? will be our third, I believe. This right? is our third, yeah. Yep. Is it our third? Mm, I go with it. Yeah, it is. No, no, it's our second. It's our second. We did kombucha. Yeah. I was thinking of kombucha. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. Kombucha, yeah. not kombucha. Kombucha, same shit, different day. Precisely. Sure. Uh, but we are doing Moonlight Meadery up in Londonderry, New Hampshire. Oh yeah. Who would have known? Who would have thought that one of the world's premier meaderies is in Londonderry, New Hampshire? Yeah, you'll, no, but now you know, right? And, and you will definitely find out during this episode. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, continue to rate, subscribe, and share our podcast because that helps us get the awesome episodes that we get every week for you guys. And um, 
we're going to be looking to be doing some virtual interviews with some breweries. So if you listen and you're out of state, um, even if you're in state and you want to be featured on Brewroots, please send us an email at info at and we'll figure something out um, to do a safe and responsible recording session with you and uh, we can figure it out. All right. Um, until next week. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.